Last month's Washington-Oregon Potato Conference was a great one for growers, those with booths, those that offered the latest research. I had a chance to sit down with Chris Voigt, Executive Director of the Washington State Potato Commission. And before we chatted about trade and the growing season ahead, I wanted to know for him how the 2023 Potato Conference went. Oh man, it is, it's been awesome. And especially coming off of, you know, the years of COVID, you know, it's good. we're finally back to normal and actually record-breaking attendance. Two, as of this morning, probably about an hour ago, we had uh, 2,384 folks uh, that have attended the, content, uh, the conference and that's uh, the best we've ever done. So, uh, so yeah, it's been great traffic, not only for the trade shows, but really good attendance in the general sessions. And uh, this is just a great time to learn more and to get educated about the latest and greatest on how to become even more efficient in your farms and, and just a good networking opportunity and a chance to see all the new technologies with all the vendors. Speaking of that, can you talk to us about the Ag Innovation Session? I think that took place on Tuesday. Uh, how well attended was it? And can you talk to us about how important it is to be innovative for the potato industry? Yeah, um, great. You know, this is something that, you know, we've just started doing recently in the last couple of years of the innovation session. And because what we wanted to do, we've noticed that really the Washington State potato growers are really the leaders in technology. It seems like everything new, I mean, our growers are more progressive. They want to try to, to get better and better and more efficient every year. And so anytime a new technology comes out, it's usually comes to Washington State first, just because uh, those folks know that the growers are really interested and want to implement it. So we've been doing these innovation sessions for about three years now, I think. And uh, good turnout. Everybody is always interested in learning more. Um, and it, it's good stuff. I mean, you know, one of the exciting things that we're starting to see is is imaging. And not only is it happening on the commercial level, but I just attended uh, one of our researchers was talking about how they're using imaging now with uh, potato variety selection. You know, you know, being able to screen varieties for resistance to insects or diseases by using drones and seeing how much foliage has been defoliated over the course of the season and when it occurs and which varieties are resistant to it and which ones are susceptible. And so, yeah, the technologies are really going to help us get even more efficient, which is critical because we got to figure out, you know, back in November, uh, we've got our 8 billion person to feed. You know, we now have 8 billion people on this planet and we got to be able to feed all of them with essentially less resources or at least the same resources that we have now. So we got to be even more efficient than we are today. And so these technologies and innovation sessions really help us get there. And something you and I have talked about in the past is the importance of that research and development and your relationship with Washington State University to make sure that the best varieties are available for growers, not only now, but continuing into the future. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, New varieties are really going to be the key. I mean, to, to solve all of the problems we need, we need varieties that are resistant to different pests and different diseases. I mean, and from a resource standpoint, it, it lessens our footprint. You know, if we don't have to spray for an insecticide or, or a disease, that, that's great. If it's just inherently natural resistance built into the potato, that's what we want. The challenge is, is that potatoes are tetraploid, which means there's lots of chromosomes that we have to worry about. Actually, more complicated than the human. You know, it's, it's actually harder to breed a potato than it is humans. And so, uh, you know, the analogy I always use is if you're trying to come up with a potato, the perfect potato, you would literally take a billion dice, throw it up in the air, and it'd all have to lay in Yahtzee, right? It'd all have to be the same. And it's so hard. And so, but we think that with increased technologies, 
Uh, there's a lot in the way of DNA markers that we're learning about that we're able to find resistance and maybe some natural occurring potatoes, and we're able to breed them together to get new varieties that, that'll be able to help us out. But yeah, Washington State, not only just Washington State is a critical partner, but also Oregon State, the University of Idaho, and then also the USDA. Um, and those are th- four critical institutions that we really rely on on potato breeding to come up with these new varieties that we need going forward. Let's take a couple of steps back from the conference itself. You and I are talking that you just got back from a trade mission over to Southeast Asia. Uh, can you talk to us about how it went? And then also, we were talking about the potential that Vietnam holds for Washington potato growers. Yeah, Vietnam is a dynamic marketplace. Um, and if you've never been there before, I think the easiest way to describe it is it's organized chaos. <laughs> Everything about Vietnam. I mean, the, the markets, the streets, the traffic, uh, you know, there's no stoplights and there's, you know, thousands of cars and scooters running by you every second of the day. Uh, how do you get across the street? <laughs> and so it, it's, it's interesting dynamics, but it really is becoming westernized and they're very progressive and open to trade. Actually, the U.S. under the Obama administration actually had a free trade agreement negotiated with Vietnam under the Trans-Pacific Partnership, um, uh, but the Congress never implemented that uh, later um, and it kind of fell apart. So now, actually, we're kind of a little bit of a disadvantage going into Vietnam because the EU, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, they all have free trade agreements with Vietnam. Uh, even China, whereas the U.S. doesn't. So we're still selling product there. We're selling a lot of French fries. We're selling some potatoes, fresh potatoes, but our product is three times more expensive than uh, other potatoes a lot because we don't have free, uh, uh, free trade agreements with those countries. But great opportunity. Uh, probably um, probably have a bigger opportunity with our frozen potato products in Vietnam at this point just because of the large tariff of fresh potatoes in Vietnam. Uh, so we're excited to go back and, and do some more work and promotions. Uh, not this year just because the supply of product here in the U.S. is pretty tight. It was a short crop nationwide and so we don't have a lot of excess product to sell overseas. And so actually most of our overseas customers right now are kind of on rations, on kind of a quota, just because we don't have enough product to keep up with all the demand at this point. Um, But exciting. And actually, you know, the real reason why we went to Vietnam was not only just to promote our potatoes, but actually we brought our TV crew over with us, our Washington Grown TV crew. Uh, We helped produce that television program. And uh, uh, we're shooting season 11, which will start a year from now. And it's going to focus on ag exports. And so we want to be able to tell the Washington uh, agriculture story and how much uh, goes overseas. And so we picked uh, Vietnam, um, which we just came back from. And then in two weeks, uh, we're headed to Mexico uh, to see Washington products. So you'll see potatoes and onions and, and apples and so forth in these different marketplaces. Pretty exciting. Chris, obviously 2022, like every year, was unique. It started late because of the snow and it was hot and it was dry. As you look ahead to 2023, how would you describe the mood of the Washington State potato industry? You know, I think farmers just inherently are optimistic in the spring. It's kind of like, okay, wipe the seat clean. You know, we're going to wipe the slate clean and get a fresh start here. Uh, and it's shaping up okay. You know, I think there's still some trepidation about, you know, what are input costs going to do? You know, our you know continued inflation with the inputs that we use. Uh, where is that going to be? You know, what's my price going to be at the end of it? Um, but I think for the most part, folks are optimistic. 
you know, right now, and, and I think as long as we have a good growing season, it's actually going to be probably a pretty good year for folks just because there's so much demand out there that hasn't been met for potato and potato products. Uh, this is really an opportunity um, um, for growers to kind of make up some lost ground that they experienced during the COVID crisis where our growers really financial, or struggled financially. And so this is an opportunity to kind of get caught up a little bit. Um, prices are a little high right now, uh, probably too high for the consumer. Um, and again, that's just because there's not a lot of potatoes out there. But uh, So we're hoping to correct that and uh, be able to have a good growing season and be able to produce more potatoes and satisfy that demand and kind of bring that price down for the consumers, but still yet offer a fair price for our growers, make sure that they're profitable. Once again, that was Chris Voigt, Executive Director of the Washington State Potato Commission.